So delighted now to be joined by Mars Brosnan from the 42.e and hopefully we should have Mark Walsh from the Tumorhead as well in the next few minutes to look ahead to round three of the Galway Senior Football Championship. Mars, before we do that, news broke last night that uh, Shane Walsh's transfer to Chemical Croaks has been accepted. I suppose with Shane's statement and everything and coming out talking, uh, it's something I suppose everyone wants to see Shane Walsh playing club football. Absolutely, yeah. I'd have to say, like, from my own perspective, Paul, you could probably maintain that it's totally understandable that you'd be very disappointed to see him go. You'd probably also have to appreciate his reasons quickly when he spells out the, the concerns there that he has. Um, I, I think Shane was a victim of bad timing, Paul. Like, I think if this had come out a couple of months ago, there probably would be no major controversy about it, really. It's just the fact coming off the back of an All Ireland final. Uh, we have a split season that's been as much discussed nationally at the minute. So, the end result of that is that people are looking for things to talk about and this dominates airwaves and articles and you've got articles about articles and all that sort of thing. So it becomes a much bigger deal than it probably was, to, at least to my mind anyway. Um, I think Shane gave his reasons you, from his from his close perspective and just from a Goddard perspective, you'd be very disappointed. Like you would, uh, you know, I'm sure the two of you would be the same. I can remember, you know, their clouds literally flocking effectively just to see Shane Walsh. So like at this point and see him go, hopefully we'll see him back in Goddard at some point soon, but you can totally appreciate why he'd want to do it as well. And I suppose, Mark, there is, obviously, you can just imagine uh, Clicker and Clomberon can be somewhat disappointed but uh, one of their star players um, does go in the end. Yeah, yeah, it was Shane is, is um, I was on his club mate of my own, but it, it is disappointing. Like, you want, he's, you know, he's probably the second most talented player or second best player in the country after, I suppose, David Clifford. And as, as Mars is saying, people would just pay money to go and see him play um, and yeah. have him in your intermediate championship to go into Tomb Stadium on a Saturday evening or Sunday evening to see him play. It's, it's always a pleasure. But there, there's a good crop of young lads coming through in Clumburn, like, um, which, you know, and, and you know, they, they proved themselves against Hedford. That you know, they did a point to prove and, and they won the game. So, um, he'll come back to Clumburn in the coming years and his course finishes. I think he's to do four more years in Dublin um, and so I think he's, he'd be lining up probably possibly could, could get a game of Kilmercourt next weekend I think they're playing Temple Oak Sin Street on Sunday week but um, I was glad the transfer's actually gone through because it just probably dragged out for too long really like and he's only he's an amateur player at the end of the day um, and he shouldn't really have to answer himself to the national media um, and anyone else really it's, it's his choice it's his life so that's how I see, see it yeah, you know, we wish the best of luck with the transfer. And the, the scary thing there, Morris, um, for everyone is is probably, and it's what everyone's going to be keeping their eye on, like uh, Paul Mannion and Shane Walsh uh, in the one forward line at club level. Yeah, it's a frightening, it really isn't it? Like you think back on, I was in an Ireland club final last year. I thought Clemacud were unlucky to lose that game against Kilku. Paul Mannion wasn't even playing that day. I know you're going to add, on top of him coming back, you're going to add Shane Walsh that as well. Like it's, the, the prospect of it is in one sense it's it's kind of exciting to see how the team would be up in another sense then it's you know this is the the super club argument that uh, a lot of people have reluctance to see so from a football sense like there's there's even pros and cons with that that's why this it's not necessarily a, a simple conversation really i would i just you know one thing i would add as well is that uh like the second <laughs> one mark is saying there i, I think it, this it's put to bed now like i hope i really hope we're not still talking about the shane Walsh transfer and people aren't flooding to going overboard with coverage of these early championship games like it's these transfers have happened a lot over the last while I think I hope that we can kind of put it to bed a small bit now 
Uh, and Mark, just looking ahead to the championship this weekend, um, it's, it's safe to say, like when you when you're even looking at Kripe, Kerfin, Mike Collins, Saltil, Montpellier, and then even the teams that have lost two games, uh, they're looking to keep their championship hopes alive. I suppose teams that have lost two games to try and finish as one of those best third places. So it's, it's really beginning to take shape now in the senior championship this weekend. Yeah, yeah, Paul, yes, yeah, midway point, you know, so there's actually some some really great games. It's, it's hard to call a lot of them. Nearly all of them, you could make a case for either team. Um, this evening, Milton, Carlton, and Shume, that's really exciting fixture for both sets of uh, squads and supporters, because, you know, it's you've paid the Friday evening, you've the weekend off afterwards, and it's in Shume, should you all go crowded. In the stairs, then, they have to go to... Uh, that's another good game. Like Uthra lost the first two games um to Mike Pullen and Corfin. Like, but you know, if they'd gotten Anton out of those games, it'd been a massive bonus. But they'd have targeted this, this game against Tume to set them up for their last two games, you know, at, at a, I suppose to give themselves a push to maybe get to quarter final. Like you'd have to probably still fancy Tume in that game, but that that's another really good game. And then as you mentioned, Corfin, Mike Cullen tomorrow evening, you have Saul Taylor, Montbellu, Sunday evening and Tume. That's a that's a really, really game you'd have to look forward to. If only for the sideline battle alone, John O'Mahony and Daddy. Like, so, yeah, there's some really great games. Like, and there's no football and no, no machine on TV at the moment. So, if anyone is looking for a game to go to, they should be going. There's plenty of them there to go to. And, like, Morris, two teams really, you could say, that have to win this weekend to keep the championship close alive. Uchtred lost the first two, two really tough fixtures at the start for them, Kerf and Mike Cullen. And Adam as well, like lost to Montpellier first and then Sawtill. So, like, if if either of those sides lose this weekend, ultimately they'll be gone out of the championship. There will be, yeah. I, I probably I kind of look at this weekend as nearly a, a momentum weekend for a lot of teams. Like, I, I definitely think in that other than that group C, you know, that could go topsy turvy. Like that could that's a kind of a, definitely the most competitive group. Just looking on paper here, but I definitely we could see that group A split up a small bit. Um, I have seen a good bit of Utrecht now this year. I was in at that Carfin game, and like I think it's it's a dogged game plan, but it's a game plan with a ceiling. Like I, I would be very interested. I might take a shoulder into that game now tonight. I'd be very interested to see how they set up tonight. You know, I can even remember just being in at that Carfin game and you know seeing Nile Lee come off like playing as a, a lone man forward, but you know a very contained, a very just and he, you know the frustration was evident. Let's say that like he very clearly. Uh, and I and I, and I kind of appreciate why, to be honest. Like I can, but then you know you turn around the flip side and look at what Carfin did a week later or two weeks later, and you can see why why Ukraine set up that way. So I'd be curious to see how that how that, that game would fall out. I think definitely for a team like Ukraine, there kind of there's a lot more on the line. The other like you know you, you, two of you were mentioned there, Sotel. Even if Sotel lose that game, I still think they'd fancy themselves to win their next two games. So I think from a momentum perspective, it's not a big. You got a crack in like Western Derby there with a spilling little more, but even still, like I think both those teams are. Are looking down rather than up to be honest. So maybe it's a good chance to get off the mark and get a bit of momentum. But even still, I just I think for for teams like that, given the nature of, of the groups with five games, I think I wouldn't say there's there's very, only you know you might pick two or three who really their seasons on the line this weekend, and the rest of them it's a chance to a good chance to get off the mark or a good chance to build some momentum. But they wouldn't be writing off their chances either way. If we look at the um, two move their game uh, first, predicted those games, Mark. Um, do you have looked impressive early on, but I suppose this this Utrecht game you'd probably say is a is another testament. Two massive tough games to come. Like you'd imagine if Tune win this weekend, six points, it could it, it could still get them through. 
Yeah, they, they had the first letter more and then Spittle. So they were games obviously they were expecting to win. Um they what they won by double scores against Spittle. Like with Chumio, I suppose you always go back to who's their 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 main player. Jimmy Murphy is still a great club player. Like he's been about 15 years probably on the go at least for for Jimmy. I'm not sure where the age is, but he got eight points the last day against Spittle again, four from play, I think. So um, but what they do have as well alongside Jamie Murphy now they have two other options in Cormac Walter and, and Brian Mannion like Brian Mannion is a really good young lad I think because he can kick off both feet he's strong he seems to be able to win his own ball Cormac Walter has a bit of height so if you know Jamie Murphy keeps over the freeze and Mannion and McWalter can, can you know contribute a couple of points in play you'd, you'd, you would find something to be able to throw they've kind of gone with a new kind of midfield pairing this year Kevin Reedy's gone with Gary Donald and young Darren McCarter, I think he's Cormac's brother. Like Paul Collins, can't make team. Paul Collins is another really solid club player. Um, so that, that I suppose the midfield battle would be interesting because you'd probably have the two Tierneys and then Matthew going up against them. Whoever gets on top there, we get a bit of momentum from uh, from that. You'd imagine. Who do you think could come out on top there, Mars? I I I give Jimmy a nod. I think I I, I you know not that, I wouldn't be critical of. By any stretch of imagination of the way Alan Murphy is setting up with hard, but I just think if you know you're you're a sitting target if you're gonna set up with you know effectively trying to contain him break and ta- counter-attack, you know, you, you can hear the, the screams from the sideline the high and wide. They're still backbone by a lot of that intermediate team, like Sveldio Sullivan. So I definitely think, you know, the one the only threat or and a, a considerable threat, obviously, when you're playing against your is you just can't concede threes. Like you can't because matches are so reliable that uh you really can't concede threes. So but if if Jim do that, I would probably give him enough to be honest. The the most exciting game then in that group over the weekend, um, Curfew, Mike Cullen, um, Interim Stadium tomorrow evening, expected to draw probably a huge crowd into that one. Like Meg, it's an interesting one. Mike Cullen have been patchy, um, and I suppose winning that county title, they haven't, they didn't face Curfew that year when they did win it, so it's kind of. <clears throat> You feel like it's a point to prove for these Mike Holland players this weekend. Yeah, yeah, hugely, Paul. Yeah, in twenty twenty, they the Montpellier knocked out Curfin, and then last year Montpellier beat Curfin, and Montpellier beat Mike Holland in the semi final. So they haven't played each other, which I suppose makes the game even more mouth watering. It's a real test for Mike Cullen. Like they'll, you know, some people will say like that it was Montpellier to stop Curfin doing the eight in the row in twenty twenty. So Mike Cullen really could do with, I suppose, a win over the over Curfin, but. Like Peter Cook there back now, he was kicked five points in the first game. He's such a lovely, classy kicker of a ball. Like he's a real, a real, a really good player to have back there. I'd be looking at the matchups there. I think they're very interesting. Like, I mean, who's going to go on Desi Keneally with the book Gavin Burke on him? You have Paul Kelly and Owen Gallagher, Malai McHugh, you'd imagine, would match up with them. Um, and then Sean Kelly, is he going to mark Marin Farrer? Will he mark Dylan Canny? Neil Mulcahy is another very good man marker. You could take one of them too. Um, there's lots of different variables in it, like the ball going in unbeaten. You'd imagine they'll both still probably come out of the group, even whatever happens um, tomorrow evening. It's a big test, I suppose, for Kevin Johnson. It's the biggest game since he took over the job. Um, and obviously, he'd be targeting a win. Uh, Corfin, like the last day, they seem to have set up Tony Gill in a more advanced position. He got six points in the last game. Um, I suppose what they might be looking at there is their Lundy is not playing this year. Liam Silk is, is obviously not around, so they might be looking for someone to actually break the line. And Tony Gill is a good carrier of the ball, um, so that may be why something that they're they've looked at this year. 
And I suppose Barnes like for Kerfin, they haven't won a county title in two years, but they're they're building again nicely. Some some serious young footballers coming through. Mike mentioned Tony Gill there, Toronto likes Dylan Brady and Brian Cogger with that as well. And suppose a player like Ian Burke back into the fold as well this year. Yeah, I was as I mentioned, I was at a Dutra game. He came on in second after I look look fairly lively. I'd be curious, you know, go back to Mark's point about matchups. I'd be interested to see what my Cullen do with someone like Gary Sice. Like I wonder, uh that I think that particularly given his form for the last two two years, like the last two games, sorry, like I just think he's been in, in, in really impressive form. So I wonder even you know, you've got someone like Aiden Claffey there. I wonder would it could, could he send someone like him after him um from a from a McCullen perspective. I do think like the 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 allure of the Galway Championship and our selling point right now are games like this. Like if you're you know I, for my own job, I was doing some previewing of the other championships this weekend, and you're looking at, you know, let's you're, you're trying to sell some of these games, like that down in Cork, for example, and you're trying to sell on kind of players who you might see in the next year or two at intercounty standard. And then you look at a, a game like this, and you've got, you know, proven intercounty quality players, like these guys who have done it on the highest level, and they're here on your doorstep. Like you could, you know, you Ian Burke is a all-star nominee, as an all-star winner. Peter Cook is absolutely proven intercounty player, and you get both of them on your doorstep there. That's the that's our selling point, or should be anyway, our selling point for the Galway Club Championship. Like the fact that you've got these players and whatever about the ramifications, you know, you could see one, you know, in a lot, a lot of sense, maybe some people like to see both back involved in Galway at some point soon, but definitely from, you know, I got, see just to see a guy like Peter Cook, like this, you know, the point that he kicked, I'm sure about these side in Presidium, coming on the left sideline on his right foot, like this, this guy's just a classy, classy baller. And the guy that this guy, a guy like that is, is on your doorstep. On top of all the, the, the names that we all know and love as well I just think it's uh, these are the sort of games that I'm delighted to see a game like this is being streamed again you know you look across the board like lads we've got knockout stages and some other club championships this weekend and they're not streaming any games and the fact you kind of you're spoiled for choice you've got two big games in Galway are both being streamed this weekend again is uh, deserve a lot of credit for that and Mars who do you think who do you think needs to win this one more uh, Moy Cullen I think uh, I, I I take Mark's point too about this being a big test for for Kevin and his management. But uh, just in terms of whatever you want to call it, just I I think their form has been patchy really, and I think this would be a real statement win for for Don for for McCullough, for those players as well that you know were proven at this level. I think this group is like it's a weird group really in that you could particularly after this weekend you could see a real separation kind of top and bottom already. You've kind of got the the undefeated teams and the, the teams without any wins. So I but definitely from from McCullough's perspective, I think that you know Carfin. I would imagine would be able to recover a lot quicker than McCullum would, but I just think what it would do in terms of her confidence, and also maybe slightly selfishly, what it would do for the club championship to, I think, would really throw a cat amongst pigeons to get a, a team like McCullum. I think there seems to be, a, I don't know about you lads, there seems to be a bit of, I don't, a narrative that we're all getting ready for a county final between you know Carfin and Montbello, and that's kind of a lot of conversations. And then you see the form of other teams, and I just think it would do, do a lot of good to see a bit more evidence for the argument that it's more competitive than maybe or at least it is as competitive as I would argue it's a good point Mark makes there because Mike, there is there is a lot of narratives about Kerfin Montpellier already meeting in the county final yeah yeah there will be yeah. and the fact that Kerfin will be looking for revenge from the last two years um, from Montpellier like my Cullen should be if that is the narrative my Cullen should be you know they should be pinned that to the dressing wall <laughs> and you know this, that that is a, a motivational Speech alone there for Don Kinnell. Um <clears throat> I think Mighty Michael have, have a really good solid core of really good club players. Like Owen Gallagher has been class the last couple yeah. of seasons. In 2020, he came in and for me, he was their, their their best player. He's the reason I think that the one that comes title in 2020 is breaking the line every time he got the ball. So, I, as again, I go back to the matchup, I would love to see who's going to mark him. Like that is going to be a really, really key battle. Um, 
Morris made a good point about the form being patchy. Like they, they came with a burst in the third quarter, the last day against Super Red at level half time. So that's what won them the game. And again against Spill, it was it was a tight enough type of battle like they won by three points. So are they saving themselves, finding themselves for you know these last couple of games with Curfin and Tune to come up? Uh, you know, a lot will tell. I think Morris is probably right as well. It is it doesn't mean more to be my going to win. I think you know, Curfin are so seasoned to lose, they'll be able to get themselves back on the horse, you'd imagine again. You see my column winning this week, Mary? No, no, I'm gonna go Corfin on that one. Uh, go Corfin. Marsh, you just touched there in the uh, earlier on in the other game between Spiddle and Letchamore. Like it, as you talked there, a bit of a derby, but like it's massive for either side to ultimately try and avoid a relegation scrap. I, yeah, and just I think just you know get off the mark. I, I, it'd be very interesting to see how both these teams move on from. What you would have to say was fairly disappointing results last time out, and like you know, an eight point loss is, is still fairly considerable. And then you look at what you know what Carfin did as well, and I just think that if there is any psychological damage from that, that would linger. But like I, I say, I think that game could be a cracker. Like I do think this, you know, talk about skin teeth flying like that. That game could really uh, go to where I think for both teams. Just to, again, go back to my point earlier, like the idea of the momentum that you could build. I think a win over you know if you're talking about kickstarting your season. Is that better you could do than get a win over your, your new arrivals? So for both teams, it's probably in terms of you know I say I do kind of maintain that both you know if you're if you're being honest, they're looking down rather than, than looking up. But uh, both of those teams, in terms of what it could do for their season, you know this is I suppose there's a lot more on the line maybe in that sense. Spiddle have really been hampered by injuries this year, Mike. Like uh, was that the hurling game last week when they played Turlock Moore? Finner and Anton O'Leary both out like it's just a massive hammer blow and they lose both of them. Jeez, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's hammer blow in terms of leadership, in terms of running ability and scoring. Like, because they've only got 20 points in the first two games. Lee McCullough has got 12 of them. Like, you wonder where will the scores come if the both of them are missing for that game. Um, it is a huge derby. Like, let you more have to come up from intermediate. Like, this is the game that they would have targeted, right? We need to win this yeah. one. Huge game. Like, it's 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 a nearly season the final really with the terms of the group being so top heavy like um and that, you know, could, that could be one of the games of the weekend really like um obviously look they'd be relying on the show eggs up front to more to get them their scores and Sean I need to keep it tight at the back because they've got a bit of a trance in the last day which was which can happen obviously but um how they react to that curve in defeat as well isn't it sorry how they react to the curve in the field like oh huge happening. yeah huge I think you mentioned the hurling like th- that's difficult to do like five weeks in a row this will be playing you know Monave Abby and Abby not my over the years I've, I've been doing it and doing it quite well it's not easy to come back every every you know every week and switch from one to the other to give them great credit for doing that the likes of you know the O'Lees and and there's because a good lot of them doing it um yeah yeah it'll be a really good game and just uh, moving on to Group B, Boris, just starting with your own club, um, Bernard, um, I suppose the Sawtill defeat maybe flattered Sawtill a bit, but they did catch some headlines, I suppose, with that score they did rack up and the manner they bet St. James. They did, yeah. I'm glad you had to, could say that the scoreline flattered Sawtill, so I don't have to say it, but I, you know, I, I've said it, I, I agree. Like, I definitely thought that. I was not one with surprise last to see Ocean Gormley catch fire the, the second day out because he did everything right bar his finishing the first day you know like he I think he did work twice he did four wise in the first half like he did and kept showing for the game you know he's two footed which I think is very important in club football 
Um, so I was not one but surprised to see him eventually catch fire in that game. Probably was, you know, an added element of interest in terms of Pat Fallon obviously would have been over Barnum previously and then he's with James as now. Um, I saw those two teams play in the league as well and I, I did think that Barnum were, uh, like they, they, they definitely seemed suited to, to James. I was kind of confident that they would, would bounce back in that game. Going back to the idea earlier, like, you know, maybe slightly revisiting my thoughts, like I do think if you look at this, a game like this, like, and you're thinking about just in terms of the ramifications for trying to get that coveted third spot. Like I, I think you probably you probably earmark in the top two teams here. So there's an added element of like, given you know what Carroll did to to Brandon last year as well, which I think you know, in one sense it'd be confidence for them, and in another sense it's kind of motivation for for Barna too. So uh, like the only Barna's downside is that they're they're missing some kind of big players like Keen Hernan. I think I'm sure to you too if we could have seen him around this year it would have been nice. But at the same time too, there's a nice balance to this team like Sean Fitzgerald's. I know he's in your team of the week last week, week Paul. Himself and James Kenny at the back are, you know, as good as you're going to find really in club football. They've got a good midfield in Carl Fallen and, and Quella Malone as well. And then you've got someone like Gusty Gormley on the other end too. There's, there's enough there that you have at least a bit of confidence that um, they could kind of have a crack here. Do you think Gusty Gormley somewhere could be in the goal array there in the next year or two? Yeah, it's interesting. Like you look, uh, people look at him and think he's, he's, Light, which he is obviously like I mean, you know, that uh, thing, but then again, you look at other players who are cutting that inter county standard now, and it's we're, I think we've kind of switched the, the inter county game has moving away from the what was perceived to be kind of the physical dominance, you know, big and abrasive players, and you've kind of seen a re- reintroduction of, of skill execution. And that, like, you know, you look at that Tyrone team that won last year, they had a lot of ballers who, like, yes, they're good defenders, but they can also were, were very well able to play ball. Uh, Kerry obviously this year had put a, put a huge emphasis on that. So you, you can see elements of that. So then you, you you filter that down. You think, yeah, there probably is a place. The only thing is, he's probably, in terms of you know, I don't think Oliver necessarily crying out for more inside forwards. It's more so if, if he was if he was defender, like someone like Sean Fitzgerald now, for example. I think you could definitely see a lot more of in uh, the Gallagher in the next couple of years. A club challenge like this, though, Paul, is exactly where someone like Gushing can prove that he is capable of playing the Intercounty Centre. Like you know, how could you ignore if he has another game like he had? Uh, last time out, how could you? How could you ignore that? So I think it just it it might. This is a, and again, you know, I know I made a point earlier that you've got proven intercounty players as well, but there's also guys who are, are on the fringes who, you know, a good club campaign, and suddenly you're starting to talk about them in the in the national conversation as well. Then just another huge game that could, I suppose, Anna down with James's uh, this weekend. Um, like you would have said from the opening round when Anna down played more value. Marked it. It was a good performance, but they like in fairness they were very poor against Saltill. Lost by ten points. Um, we're always kind of really chasing that game, and as we're mentioning earlier on, it and for James's as well. If either of these sides want to keep their championship hopes alive, um, it's a must win for either. Like even you'd say a draw would be terrible for either side. Yeah, yeah. I was I was in at the Montpellier and Don game. It was a really good game of football, and and I don't stuck them for long periods. It was just the goals came at crucial times. Patrick's first goal came for half time, and then and I don't recover in the second half, and they brought it back to maybe two points, and then Kelly got a second goal. A commerce flying it. Uh, he was unbelievable against uh, Montpellier that first day. He kicked five five points all off his left. I think and he got a savage goal against Saltillo. I'm sure you'd have seen the clip of it. And got one three all together, like. Uh, like when you have a man like Comer, I mean, yeah, you know, you can you can win a lot of club games. It'd be interesting to see with himself and Conroy, you know, match up at some stage around the kickouts. Two big strong men. Like people don't realize how strong Conroy is. He's a massively strong fella. Um, he's gone into full forward and won games for James late on in the championship before. Like so, if they're the game is tight late, um, 
later on the weekend you, you, maybe you could see him pitching full forward I think James are struggling obviously like they got hacky the last day like four goals conceded it was really poor performance I think they're maybe missing Johnny Duane now like he, he's a really good defensive leader like if you need someone to come out with the ball just do the simple things well Johnny Duane would have done that over the years and I think yeah, I think they're going to struggle struggle the next day I do, I do, I do think they will yeah especially without Duane can you, where do you think James is there from that Benning game? Like we talked about, how Lecter Moore react to the Kerfin, um defeat Morris. Like it's 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 a heavy defeat. And as Mary mentions, when you do lose a player like Johnny Duan at club level, especially when he's one of those leaders on your team. And particularly, you know, I go back to that league game that was up in uh, in Barnard and John Jordan was excellent that day, like absolutely excellent against Barnard. And then suddenly he's missing. So, you know, you, you, you compare two games and what, what changed and you're going to see that loss. I have to say, like, just, you know, from my own experiences with working with, with Pat Fallon, I was involved in 2014 when he brought Barnard to a semi-final beaten by Michaels. Uh, and like he is, uh, like Pat, as, as good as he's on the field, but he had Sean Conn in there as well, who's a tactically excellent uh, he Pat is a like he, he a motivator like he really get into our head. That's that's what, what his 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 gift is. You know I, um you know Marcus talking about gesture material there. I can tell you lads, there was a lot of references to what was said in Galway Bay that year for Varna. Like um just you know, so like that that you know that's if ever there's a man who I'm sure will get to my side. I think it is it is Pat Fallon. And who do you see coming out on top tomorrow in Kenny Bay between them and Adam and James Morris? Uh I'm going to say Anadon. Do you see? Do you see them? Having too much as well, mate? Yeah, yeah, I got it around that one, yeah. Then the uh, other big one in that group uh, between the table toppers, Montpellier and Salt Hill. Um, earlier on, Morris, Mark talked about the battle on the sideline and like it is going to be really intriguing this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, typically for Jono and Val, obviously, given the, the nature of 1998 too, I do think like there is... Uh, you know, you go, you made the point earlier about, or Mark made the point earlier about McCullen kind of getting the monkey off back or proving their ability against Carlton. I think there's an element to that for this Sawtill team too. I like I I've been I've been particularly impressed by Sawtill so far. I think outside of the top two, Robert Fernie has been one of the informed players that I've seen in the in the county so far this year. Um, I really like the look of the two Collins. I like Daniel Flaherty. I thought Carl Sweeney was excellent against Barnett, like really really excellent. He gives so much. You know, in terms of players now, you probably put a premium on a guy who can actually break a line, particularly in club football. Because like once you carry that look, like if you can break that line and carry that low overlap up, that's that's where goal chances are coming now. And he's a guy who's excellent for that. He's got a huge engine. So I like to look at this out team. I think this is a really good chance for them to again, you know, like it's not a, I'm not saying it's a free hit, obviously. Like I, I you know, if they were to lose this game heavily or something like that, it would do damage. But at the same time, so I think probably fancy their chances of winning their next two games anyway. So this is a really good chance to go out and have a crack. And I personally I just I I would be look forward to seeing what they would do in terms of the I don't think there's much pressure on a game like this as we might be talking about later on in the championship. Just if you're going after Montpellier, like it's so hard, Mark, because even when you mentioned Anna Dango going after them, like John Daly is just a player who orchestrates that team. Like every nearly every kick out against Anna Down, John Daly just goes to the full back line and it just works his way off the pitch, just goes up about his business so steadily. Yeah, he's a great head in him. Like he's he's like the game he's been playing for Montpellier the last few years, controlling that central channel. 
coming out with the ball when teams are sitting back. It's kind of, you suppose you did that in a way with Galway this year, he kind of brought that into Galway. You see some of the kick passes he made, like the kick pass he made for Johnny Heaney in the final was just unbelievable. Um, like It's very hard to stop Montpellier at the moment because they can play it a number of ways. Like, like they're big men, like, like John Daly can handle himself, Billy Mannion, Matthew Barrett, Leo Donald, Donald and, um, and then you have the three boys up front. Like, I mean, you know, people were talking about during the championship, if you... If you've got three good forwards, it's very hard to have three good man markers for them. So if you have that at club level with Patrick Kelly, Owen Finnerty and Barry McHugh, it's difficult to stop them. Dumas Hall still have enough lads to keep all of them quiet. It, it, you know, I don't know how many club teams do. Um, you know, and they can beat you with points, they can beat you with goals. Patrick Kelly is a goal specialist. Barry McHugh has come back. Um, and he was in Chicago. He's in flying form. Owen Finnerty me in the last couple of years possibly being the best club forward in the county uh, and I mentioned there Leo Donnell like we, we, we all know about their, their marquee players Leo Donnell is a really solid operator for them like he's kind of gone on a run midfielder now while Michael Daly's come back um, to full fitness and he might not be rated maybe across the county but I'm sure he's definitely rated within the Montpellier squad It really is that Morris isn't it like Patrick Kelly, Barry McHugh, Owen Finnerty, like if you, if you keep one of them quiet, it's just the ability of another one of them to pop up. It is, yeah. And I think you probably need a like you need to pull a rabbit out of the hat really to, to stop all three. Um like I think William Finnerty is a great man marker, like a really good man marker, but it's you actually need to get two with him in terms of this. I get that's you know, going back to this point about club football, and it's what often happens is that you might see you know, two lads on the fringes of an intercounty match up against each other, and then in reality, it's the the match on the fringe or the match up on the fringe that ends up winning it. So from that perspective, I think, like I, I think this Southampton team are really strong out around the middle, like really strong. Um, John Maher is another player who, uh, I, I personally as I like to see him get a run to FPD League. Like again, another guy who, uh, a position that Galway are probably in need of, and a guy who's doing a lot of damage in the middle of the park. So, but it's it is again, it's about tying up those three big players, and uh, you know, from a Southampton perspective, I still think you kind of you like it's a nearly a chance to railroad your system like you could have a look and see kind of hold up against like arguably the best team in the country I don't county sorry yeah but man reckon why is there William Finnerty and Owen McFadden have been there but Daryl Jamestown is someone who played that sweeper role really well against Canada and he actually dropped into that in he did it against Barna as well actually they kind of dropped you could see you know uh, one thing about Jono is that he has absolutely no regard for the, the poor journalist up in the press box because he just has numbers playing everywhere like you know you've got the you know, John Maher's playing 15 refine midfield and then O'Farty's dropping back Gary Jonathan is dropping back so that again like they've got I like that too to be honest like I think there's a lot to be said for commanding that middle third area like really putting down your stamp there and that's when you and it, like if that's your strength play to it and and so far Mark, like they have been really been the big underachievers so far, so well, not so fair, but like in the last few years, Southampton and Arthur have been in goal senior football. But so far, like the manner in their two victories have been impressive. But like as as we mentioned, this is this is another huge step up. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you'd look at Southampton the last years and said, "Geez, there's great talent there." Like um, Tom O'Callaghan, Rob Finnerty, Maher, they've all played underage, Daniel Flaherty, under seventeen, under twenty. You could just say you would be thinking, you know. Like if you get a real good manager, strong personality in there, they could really make a difference to them. And if you're not going to play club football for John Amani, you know business playing club football. <laughs> not really. So 
I'm not sure how much coaching John is doing. Um, you know, you, there's a lot of the talk about the backroom teams, like the Mayo position, not the stars of the backrooms that all the candidates got together. He's like Finian Hanley and Sean Armstrong there with him as well. So Dave Shear, another good coach. So they were really impressive kind of lineup there. Like what they've done with Rob Finnerty, like bringing him out around midfield, centre forward, like. Um, but Rob Finnerty is actually a good, re- a good kick, kick passer of the ball. And obviously we know he can score. Mightn't have great pace, but like a club level, you know, having him out around there as an extra presence, like especially against Montbellu, will be interesting. Like you wonder who he match up, or will you, will he go and try and occupy John Daly, or what's going to happen there? Will he stay around the field? Like talk about Montbellu having big men. Some of them a few big men too. Like Finnerty is a big lad. John Maher, obviously, but Morris mentioned Daniel Flaherty, Garage Armstrong, which he mentioned as well. Um, uh, this is actually the game I'm looking forward to most. Actually, over the weekend, to be honest, uh, just local. This local venue, I just um, even more so than my Colin Curry game. I just really want to see what Salt Hill can bring to us. It's just with that though, Morris, when you think of the matchups, and one thing Montbell you have is fast, aggressive backs like James Foley, Mark Mannion, and we've already mentioned John Daly and Billy Mannion as well. Like they just have those kind of small, quick, aggressive defenders. Which I think is vital in terms of the way they play. Like, what, like you know, there's not even in, in you know club football. I'm sure to you the same. There's not many teams you can afford to leave three or four up when you have like a aggressive front foot defenders and players who could probably hold their own one on one. And it gives you that freedom. Like you, you have the leeway to to play the way that they do. So I also just think there's there's a lot to be said in what you know what Marcus Hoffman there. I think is really important in terms of if you're if you're looking at this game tactically and like whether it be Finnerty or or John Daly, like the an accurate kick pass or the ball. If you get, if particularly when we're talking about the quality of on the inside line, probably definitely for Montpellier, but arguably for both teams, if you can cut that out, like the the idea that it's about a man marker's job, cut that out at source. Like you need to, that's what you, it's whoever goes after, if Finney's all around the midfield, somebody needs to go after him because if he's, you know, when he head up and as accurately as he has, if he's kicking a ball in, you know, a one hop in front of Clannan, it's over. Like you're not the, 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 the same thing, and the same is true by the way for any of you know. If one Finney is getting the ball, one happen points. It doesn't matter how tight William Finney is, and I'm sure he'll be right up behind him. But if you can cut that out of source, I think that's the the main battle. So I I I, I kind of agree with Mark there. I'd be really curious to see. You know, like it's what well, the one thing that is particularly interesting about that is that you've arguably got the two best kick passes in terms of inside ball delivery, and they could be facing up against each other. Like you know, if you got deal against Finney at some point in the game, I think that would be particularly interesting for this. So I I agree. I think this is the game I'm most looking forward to. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's a huge matchup to look forward to. Marsh, do you still think Montpellier just experienced everything telling in? Yeah, it's kind of a boring cop-out answer, Paul, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 well, they keep winning, you, you can't write them off, so yeah, I still think they, they still are just a, a slight step ahead, yeah. Are you along the same lines, mate? Yeah, yeah, I go Montpellier, yeah, I think they're out to, no team has retained the uh, Frank Fox, Barrack Griffin since Tume in 89, so that's what they want to do this year, whether they'll do it or not, I don't know, but I'm, I think they'll win on Sunday evening, yeah. Then just moving on to Group C, it's 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 nearly a lottery in some of these games because where we're having what we're having in this group, Frank, is one team beats another team and then that other team is lost with the second round. Like it's it's just kind of that I suppose narrative along the group. Yeah, like when the draw was made for that group, you could have probably thrown a blanket over the six teams and every team would have fancied themselves on separate weekends. Milton have kind of booked that trend in terms of they've won the first two games. If they win the season, you know, they're kind of out in front, like six points. 
they seem to be the goal kings now. Like Michael Martin has got four goals in the first two games, four nine altogether. Like Milton keep proving everyone wrong. Like he keeps thinking, you know, they have an older core of players, obviously like uh, the Blakes and, and and the Brennans, but like they're still playing well. Cahill, Captain, you've Sean, Kieran, all really good club players. Damien Brennan midfield, good player. They see they've brought through a couple of young lads too as well. It's giving them a real pep, I suppose. Old Manning inside, Jack Curran, offering them a bit of, um, I suppose, a bit of attacking ability from the half-back line. And then, as I mentioned, Michael Merton, like he's, what, 32, going on 33, still a really good club forward, excellent club forward. And I don't think they scored from play uh, in terms of points in their last game against Michaels. It was, I'm not sure if I'm writing that, but they got, yeah, it was three goals they got, were all from play, obviously. Like, so, um, that game this evening, sorry, go ahead. Even that game against Michaels, like Jeremy Blake coming on at the end of the game to to catch Mark to secure the game, like it's, it's yeah, just... yeah. They, well, they love that. The Mintone has a love that. Like Jeremy coming on, and he got married a few weeks ago. Like so, you'd have it's great to get have four players from or four brothers, sorry, in the same you know team that are still playing there together. It's where it's where you'd have three, but then you'd have four. Um, they love the football on Milton. They absolutely love it. Um. And you know, like let's not forget, like they made a semi final last year, like so if they win the season, you know, and I think they will win. Um, you know, they're they're probably they're gonna make the quarter final basically, I'd imagine. Yeah, that kind of strong game, um an important one for Catastrand Mars. They were poor enough in the second round against Kerrigola, wear down three players, one of them including Keen Darcy, which massive loss and the two games yeah. then Rory and Aina didn't feature, but like physically, this game between Milton and Gaston, like it could be a real physical battle. Like you talk about the Milton big players, and then you turn the likes of Keith Ashby's back, Stephen Lawless, Shane Bowen. Like the, this, this is a really exciting kind of physical battle around the middle third. Yeah, I two two kind of hardened teams. Um, Gaston really seems to have got a tune out of Milton, even though he went within their late. I, I, you know. I don't think that it's kind of it's interesting. The first two rounds we haven't had a draw yet. I kind of think if you're to look ahead this weekend, this this might be the one. Like it's kind of remarkable, really. Actually, when you think about it, we've had you know two rounds of games and not given how we're talking about how close some of these teams are that we haven't had had a draw yet. So I, if I was to again, I was kind of sitting on the fence as well. But, <laughs> but if I was to make a, a hesitant prediction, I think this could be it. Yeah, no, it's, it's actually mad when you when you think of that, but that there has been no draw yet. How important, though, Mark, do you think it is for Kazakhstan? To bounce back in this one, yeah, it's really important because the last couple of years they start always started championship well, nearly always won their first game, and they got over the line against Monavé in the last day. Like Frank Doherty would not have been happy with that performance; that they were well beaten by Clergo in the end. It's kind of surprising in a way because we thought every game in this group would be really tight, and as Mark says, we were expecting a draw or two. Like I didn't expect Clergo to to be Carlisle that much, but like Carlisle are not a bad team. It doesn't make them a bad team, as you said. They have a good mix of. Big lads in, in Keane, Darcy and Bowen. Then lads can play football like Johnny McGrath. He's a really good defender. Um, he can defend well and he can actually carry the ball well. And as well, you have Oshin O'Brien up front. He's back from um, Mead for the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, he can kick off points off both feet. Ronan Keneally is another decent uh, another decent inside forward. Alan Morris got the goal against one of eight. Like, Carlos Ramon will, will, will definitely fancy themselves. Like, there's no doubt about it. Um, I think it you know, if they could win this evening, it'd give them a real, real pep in their step because it would prove to themselves that, you know, we cannot just get ourselves up for one game. We can do it, you know, 
two or three weeks later again we can we can still do it. Um, so I think it's more important for Carrick Sound probably to win this evening. Another game as well in that group, Claire Galway, Monavay Abbey. For safe to say, Conor Flaherty at the edge of this where obviously Galway panelist uh, as goalkeeper, like he has really revitalised uh, Claire Galway. He has, yeah. Um, even just you know the, the change of emphasis and what that means in terms of taking his goal or two. I do think like there's, and I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday, and I was doing a different podcast, and they were talking about the nationally. You know, you look at let's say this weekend, right? You've got primary qualifiers in, in Kildare, which more than a so down in you know in Waterford, you've got qualifiers in Ireland as well this weekend, where Ballyhoo have drawn dominance. But we're talking about the the team of sleeping giants, and I've kind of maintained for a while now that I think Clare Galway should be considered a, a sleeping giant in terms of what they. You know, look at the recipe in terms of population, in terms of underage success, in terms of coaching structures. It's all there. Like it's, it's, you know, as a club, there really is time, time to look at maybe taking the next step. Um, and I think they're probably as close as they've been in a couple of years now. Like in terms, in terms of really kicking on. Um, Mark Rowan obviously looks like the, you know, injury troubles aside, looks like he he'll be back into it. I was played with Danny Cummins last when I was out in Australia. Like you know, this guy in terms of what we've all seen what he can do in town club scene previously, but I've got like that uh, back and see Nathan Granger is a guy who I really really like. And then on top of that, then you're throwing Connor. Like the only thing now is, as I'm sure has been much publicised, uh, you know, Connor Fratty's his schedule is busy now. Like he's you know he's at it, and hopefully he can maintain that. But all that aside, I you know I'd be kind of putting a ring around Craig Oliver. This is a result I'd be curious to see. Now we're talking about some teams who've been patchy, or some teams who've you know like Simonton now who've been. Uh, problem existent. The teams now could take a big kick here, or who could let their season slide on a, a weekend like this. So this is a this is a result to watch now for. And they're coming up against uh, one of the Abbey Mark. They've been really kind of unlucky in their games, like like close against Kazakhstan, close against Kalanam. I think it was the last the last by three to Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan kicked the last three points of the game, lost by a point to Kalanam. They they've been close in every game and. If ever there was a club to pull a result <laughs> out of the bag, it's them, you could say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, one of the, I, I don't want to downgrade them by saying that they're dogged, but they, they are like, they're a real dogged team and they can they can play football, obviously, too. I think what's hampering one of the is, is the scoring. Like, they're, Craig Kennedy's not around, Paddy Manning is not around, he's in Florida. Like, you're taking two inside fours there, it gets you two, three points apiece in a club game. And that's difficult to re- replace. Especially at senior level, especially when the games are t- so tight in that group, you then you're relying on like Owen Blade's a really good creative player, maybe not a massive score. You're relying then on Kenny McDade to come forward and kick a few points, and that's not easy for him to do at club level because he's going to be tracked. Like, like will Jack Lynn track him now? Um, the next day, um, that'll be an interesting matchup. Like, will if Kenny McDade can come forward and burn Jack Lynn, score three four points? Yeah, you give him one of a real chance, but it's it's more difficult to do that at club level. Like, he got room in there and fine to do it, but. Kagawa will be on his on his on his heels like every um every opportunity that they get. Um I saw Kagawa play against Michaels in the first round and it was a it was a bad game. Like I mean, it was one eight to one five. But there was clear like they did a lot of injuries. Like Cardinal Campbell only came on, Goldrick came off injured, Danny Cummins only working his way back to full fitness, came on in the second half. Um Jack Lane was doing the mirror yeah. Flaherty was in goal. Like Flaherty's obviously given them, you mentioned it there, a new dimension full forward. Like he's a big strong lad. Um, as well. So you can lay it into him any way that he wants it, I suppose. And the more game time Danny Cummins gets, the better. Like he probably won't he might not start again at the weekend, but you can see him getting 20, 25 minutes and he's obviously look he's, he's he'd be an excellent player at club level and getting back to full 
full fitness. Uh, Morris made a good point there about Claire Gaul being a sleeping giant, like the, what the one the minor A and B last year was it? So, um, they'll obviously look. They need to get out of that group and yeah. make quarter final. They do like for their progression. They really do, and then they'd be worried from one of them if they lose at the weekend. Like that's three losses in a row. It's difficult to reverse that, but. It's, again, it's, it's not a really tight game. It's not a really good, hard game to call. The, the battle between county players is fascinating, really, this weekend. And no other in this game, as Mike mentioned, where like Killy McDade has kind of been going around at 11, so you'd expect himself and Jacqueline to go toe to toe. Yeah, he's probably, McDade's probably given a bit of more of a, a free roll to, to let roam. I have to say, like, you know, you talk about county level, you look at what Jacqueline did in. For at least for 50 minutes or 55 minutes anyway in Ireland final on Paddy Clifford and he followed him everywhere and did it like really admirably so I think he's he's perfect for this matchup I think that's there's, you know, we talked about Finley Daly earlier this is a, equally as intriguing to see how two boys go against each other the thing about Jack too is actually that as well is you know and he has the capability to, to try and hurt you the other way too like if you know probably wouldn't have if you're looking at from a Galway scene you wouldn't have seen that as much but definitely for, for Craig Galway he, he can get forward as well so the, the the two of them pairing off against each other is, is reason enough alone to watch this game it's just the final game in that group, uh, Mark. Both teams on two points each, Kalanen and Michaels. Michaels will still be wondering how they lost that Milltown game. Um, when you consider Milltown's two goals in the first half of injury time and then how Milltown just pulled it out of the bag later on. Uh, Kalanen on two points. Like it's, it's, This one is extremely tough to go already. Oh, yeah, it's another one. That could be another draw. Like, that could easily be a draw. Uh, it is very hard to call. I don't, I don't know if Carl Sweeney's fit or not. Patrick came on the last day. Like, if they're both missing, obviously it gives Michael's a big advantage. If they both can play some part, he's playing a good chance. It means they're probably relying on, on Johnny Heaney more and into Kelly inside to kick his freeze and get a point two from play. Um, I think Michael's are improving. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're last, they only lost the league semi-final, Division 1 semi-final to Montpellier but a late goal last year and they have these minor lads coming through. Conal Gallagher is, a, is, a, is an excellent young player and he can play midfield, he can play in the half-forward line. You have Darrell Malley, Gary Higgins, Kyle uh, Mara, a good defender. Gavin Somerville is another lad from that minor team in 2020 that won, that have come through. Mix it then with the experience as Dick Canan and um, Damon O'Donnell and uh, Brian Madden. So, They've got Tiger Mal, you know, uh, from much more. Uh, he's transferred into the club and he's a good keeper. Like he, can, he does seem to provide an option for them as well. People talking about the sweeper keeper, should he or shouldn't he do it? Well, if you can play a bit of the ball and like some of the keepers, you know, you maybe let him out every so often. Um, I'd probably fancy Michaels in that one. Brannigan back as well, even Brannigan Mark. Massive, yeah. yeah. It's huge, like, for them this weekend. Yeah, massive, yeah. I saw, I saw him enjoying himself at the... The hurling final in New York last week. Um, he seems to have a good time. I think he that's it's huge to see uh, a player like that. But that's probably the only thing, Michael's were, you know, Mark mentioned their first day out this year. They really are lacking another forward, definitely. And uh, I don't know, he actually ends up playing a lot around the middle, but he's such a big engine that he's capable of nearly doing both. So to get him back, I think, you know, it's a double down on what Mark was saying there as well about Tiger Mali. A, a guy like that involves in Michael's both in terms of on the field and his kick ability, but also just his like his football brain in, in terms of, you know, he was involved with the 
backroom team for a new IG Sigerson team this year. He's a guy who really knows football. His, his analysis work is apparently, you know, you talk to players involved in the season, it's second to none. So to get a guy like that involved, I think was will have added benefits on and off the field. So I think from, from that perspective, you'd be fairly optimistic or reasonably optimistic. I won't say, I won't go overboard here, but uh, you'd, give, you'd give Michael the right chance. Yeah, no, there really is uh, some fascinating games uh, this weekend. Uh, just to touch briefly, lads, uh, on the Intermediate Championship, Mark, is there anyone so far who's standing out for you there? <coughs> intermediate? Um, the more beat Williamson fairly well. No, I didn't see any of that game, but the more were really close to winning the final last year. They're obviously looking to go one further. The they're under nineteen team like that uh, got to the county final last like the 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 area real boost like but some good players coming out of that like Shane McGrath is a lad who can catch a ball he's great pair of hands like he was out my field against Williamstown he can play in full forward man he can win his own ball kick his points Jake Slattery obviously Connor Mitchell is another young lad there Brendan Carr is a lad a talented lad too uh, you had a question marks to more over the years. Uh, Defensively in midfield, they seem to have kind of settled a bit more defensively. They've like definitely Rashik in fullback. And Colin Lyons, uh, Colin Lyons is a good defender as well. Midfield is maybe an area that could possibly let them down as the year goes on, but we'll see. Tom Gleason has to come back and he's injured at the moment. I saw Glenn Manny play a cartoon and Glenn Manny were good, like they're, they're impressive enough. But Aiden, Aiden Garrity was just kind of sitting. He started off the game following Colin Ryan and then they switched him into a sitting position and he was he picked up a lot of ball. And his cousins then, you have Oren, Garrity Park, Garrity McDare, the three brothers, all good footballers. They, they, they seem to break the line a lot against Carlton. Now, Carlton are missing Donald O'Neill. Um, I think he's probably back this weekend. Like he's, a, he's an excellent club player. As well as on top of that, you know, Adrian Varley is in America. Joe Don is in Saudi Arabia. So they found it hard to score, naturally. Um, the last day. The one I'm looking forward to is... is my own club, Clumburn, 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 they're playing Clumburn this evening and then Athen Roy. I don't know why they have to travel to Athen Roy for it. When, uh, but anyway, that's another story that Clumburn have to win that game because they lost the first game to Aaron. And then, you know, Clumburn, if they win, you know, they're almost in the quarterfinal, you, know, you could say they have two wins in two. Like the, the, the two clubs are joined together in under 19 for Clumburn, 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 KCK. And you'd have lads coming up against each other with a play, you know, one of, County B, or sorry, a Northport B title last year, and the B Kilconnell in the final. Like Ian Dunhu, there for Kilburn is an excellent defender. He's a lad who could easily play for Galway, I'd say, um, in the years to come. And Clumburn have you know, like young lads like Sean Fahey and David Dunleavy, Damon Dunleavy's cousin, good defender. Um, Johnny Ryan was really good the last day. Connor Rabbit, Fiona McIntyre, solid and goal. Like I, as a game, obviously look, I'm going to it. So uh, that's the game I'm looking forward to over the intermediate over the weekend anyway. Anyone standing out for you in intermediate March? I, yeah, I saw Glenn Maddy too in the league actually. And uh, just, just on top of that, they look fit, like they look really fit, um, which is a lot to be said for. I, you know, going back to my point, the very start of this, the, the conversation we started uh, earlier today about wanting to, to park this Clamber thing, I think it would just be absolutely classic that they go on a run now and it all <laughs> continues to defy, attract national media and people start buying into this narrative that, uh, you know, in Jim Walsh's absence, that the response to that. So I, you know, you, you could, I could, for, you could just kind of see it written in the, the stars that the, the, the scope for that. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, the Brandon Brennan's game would be a good game, actually. That's on, I think that's it's even as well. Yeah, Brandon's are a good side, like they'll be looking for a bit of revenge there. 
Yeah, no, there, um, there definitely is some games in the some good games in intermediate as well this weekend. Um, that's all on our show for today. Uh, thanks, really, for your time, lads. Thanks, lads. Cheers, Cheers, Mark.